0: Welcome to Genesis NFT by NFTs What The Fuck, hosted by me, Jamie Burke. We're doing a retrospective on the history of NFTs, its key moments and people, from Counterparty to Rare Pepes, CryptoPunks and Kitties, from XCopy to Pack and Beeple's Record Auction. With the stories from the people inside the hurricane and hear their hopes and fears for its future, these episodes now over 16 hours have been recorded, will be turned into a single audio documentary released as an NFT time capsule. Follow at NFTsWTF to keep updated on the drop on
1: Twitter. My name is Danny at Seed Phrase. I've been involved in crypto since 2013 and in NFTs since late 2018, early 2019. And primarily as a kind of collector as well, right? Yeah, as a, like a, you know, a, a quite a large investor and a collector of all things rare Um, and anything that's, you know, considered to be scarce and valuable in the space. So what do NFTs mean for you and and has it changed? So traditionally coming from more of like a finance background, I saw NFTs as a means to make profit, to speculate on. Um, But that narrative for me has changed a lot recently as I've now like, you know, more seen them as like, you know, a, a way to be like, you know, to invoke, you know, conversation, emotions, being able to like display them to my friends and like being able to like talk about them, and also just like you know being able to actually you know engage you know a community like you don't really have that with traditional you know finance or like, with trading because it's just you and your screen. Whereas like with NFTs, it's like artwork, and you know that artwork can like sing to you in a way. Yeah,
0: and I, so I really like that. I like the idea that you're and I didn't know you had a finance background, but you know, if you're if you're trading, I don't know, say commodities, that's like a very impersonal, detached thing. It's very hard to be emotional, um, unless I guess you made a load of money um, about a commodity. But with an NFT, you are both speculating and trading, but there's very much a community component to it. Could you just tell us? a bit more about that community dynamic how that plays out for you what what are the channels like how has that been during covid you know in this like very detached um almost anti-social period for most people's lives
1: well you're right jamie like i think you know during covid um it, people have been able to like you know go online and, like, trying to find, like, you know, their voice and, like, they you know, their community and, like, find an area that, like, you know, um, relates to them. And I think, you know, NFTs very much did, like, you know, provide that for, like, a lot of people because everyone has similar interests. Everyone's into crypto and, you know, everyone's, like, looking for, like, you know, these, basically, like, these, like, things that, like, you know, can people can, like, relate to and, like, people can you know, be able to actually understand, um, you know, the meaning or like the history or like, you know, things behind that. Um, so I think it's like, you know, for us anyway, it's, it's become more than just a simple, like, you know, speculative asset. And it's really like, you know, there's now like, you know, stories and like, there's like a history behind like these NFTs. And I think like that's the the greatest thing about them and, you know, having that sense of community where everyone's in the same boat, everyone's, you know, looking to, um, invest in these, um, you know, like digital artwork or maybe like, you know, play a game together, like a, a social aspects where like, you know, we've got the play to earn. I think like, that's what's like really brilliant. And I think, you know, um, it, as we increasingly become more like digital, I think, you know, we are going to see more of a use for like the the metaverse and and things like that, where people can start interacting online.
0: So did you, did you discover NFTs via crypto or did
1: you discover crypto via NFTs? So I've been in crypto since 2013. Um, I heard of Bitcoin while I was still at university. Um, on a BBC article that was basically writing about the rise of Bitcoin. It had gone from twenty dollars to about thirty dollars and that really you know like spooked my initial interest in cryptocurrency. I, I saw how it could you know change the world in particular finance right um, And then fast forward to 2017 um, that allowed me financially to, Go full time into cryptocurrency. That's when I initially first heard of CryptoKitties, um, CryptoPunks, but just amongst like you know all of that ICO sort of like you know hype and you know all of the scams and everything, it just didn't interest me at the time. I just thought like this is just a money grab. Those kitties look silly. Um, you know who's going to ever invest in that? And it really took me you know a couple of years later um, during the bear market, um, where I like rediscovered NFTs on Twitter, I, um, you know, came across this tweet by Axie Infinity. And that's kind of like what really like got me back into, you know, the whole, like, you know, NFT and like, you know, crypto space again, where I suddenly became a lot more like active on my socials. So like on Twitter, you know, I joined discord, I discovered these like, you know, large, vibrant communities of people who are like, you know, huddled around like all these like different like projects. And I think that's like when my interest really like started. Um, and that's when I really like dove down that rabbit hole and, you know, then proceeded to discover like, you know, CryptoPunks and crypto kitties again. Um, and, you know, other really like, you know, fascinating projects as well. So you
0: mentioned play to earn previously, and then just now Axie Infinity is the The thing, the mechanism, the thing, the project that made you rediscover NFTs. Um, What is it about Play to Earn that interests
1: you? What I love about Play to Earn is that who doesn't want to make money online, right? Like everyone's trying to do it. Everyone's trying to write a blog or become an influencer on Instagram or or something like that. I think play to earn is just going to be like another mechanism for people to be able to actually earn an income online. Um, And I think that's very attractive to a lot of people. I think people want to be able to be on the beaches of Cancun and to be able to like spend you know a few hours of the day on their computer being able to like mine resources or do some kind of in-game action that's actually going to allow them uh to make like you know a reasonable income that might you know be able to just cover their travel expenses for example so for me i think you know that is probably what's really like attractive to play to earn i think also it's going to you know allow people from like you know developing nations as well to be able to like you know being more of a, like a level playing field um, rather than being able to, you know, um, whatever their like side projects are that they need to do to earn like a few dollars a day. They can simply now just with an Android phone, be able to like log in, grind and make, you know, even just a, a few dollars an hour or, you know, or something like that. So I think for me, like, I think, you know, that's sort of like aspect to it, like being able to like, make money online, I think is, is highly attractive. I think it's being overlooked right now as well. Um, I think there's like, you know, a lot of hype around like collectibles, art, um, but we haven't really seen that hype yet um, traverse over to, you know, the metaverse or to play to earn. Um, and I think that's going to be like the next big hype cycle as people start to like learn more about, you know, these worlds basically that they can participate in And be able to actually like, you know, have that sense of community, but also being able to like, you know, mine stone or chop wood or harvest fields of wheat, or like, you know, being able to build a tavern and selling beer to like, you know, other users within that game world. I think that's incredibly fascinating.
0: So obviously with like play to earn, it's probably the most, it has the highest I guess, technical barrier, maybe technical is the wrong word, but like you really need to be deep in it, right? You can't, it's not just like collecting something and then passively sitting on it. It requires you to be active. Um, how do you personally manage your time and attention In how much time do you invest
1: in understanding the dynamics of a play to earn economy? Sure. So I think, you know, each game will be slightly different, like whether it's more like hands-on gameplay or whether it's more passive, I believe um, how we're going to see this um, develop is that probably more like expensive, um, like, you know, assets or like gameplay modes will be a lot more passive. So people will basically be able to like pay for that privilege. Whereas like, you know, on the cheaper end, um, you know, that will be a lot more like, you know, more accessible to people. Um, and then also because maybe those people, you know, who it is more accessible to, they might actually have more time on their side. So they'll have that available time to actually be able to participate a lot more within that game world. Um, so, you know, for example, myself, um, I'm quite time poor. You know, I've got a lot of like different like projects that I'm running At the same time. So for me, like I more wanted to like speculate uh, on those games. So, like, I would be speculating on like the land, for example, because just like in the real world, like, land's always going to hold its value. And if people can, you know, create um, something, you know, on top of that land that's going to be able to generate some kind of income that, you know, gives more value to that land. So For me, like, you know, speculating on the land, like the token, um, and then also like, like, you know, the top tier assets too. So like, for example, with Axie Infinity, like that's why I primarily focused on Mystic Land and Genesis Land, um, just because like, you know, I had the hope that the developers would basically allow that to be a lot more like passive and even maybe like within the game, being able to like hire someone else to then work your land and then giving them some kind of wage i think that's where this is going to start develop so basically no matter you you know your um your like earning potential like you know whether you're more of a, like a smaller player or whether you're actually like a larger player um you're going to be able to like participate like within this game world and it, that just might mean that you're like a project manager or like, you're the boss or like you're going to be like a worker and someone who's like working for someone else.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's fascinated me about axes. Uh, I interviewed uh, one of the founders on another podcast and, you know, this idea that even the most passive role, I mean, you couldn't be a totally passive capitalist. So as a minimum, you had to create work in the system. Um, otherwise, I believe... I don't know if it's your Axis cards or the land, it, it wouldn't grow in value, but it might even decay, right? So you had to put assets to work, you had to put capital to work, you had to create jobs in the system. And I think that was super interesting.
1: No, like absolutely. And like, that's what I, you know, I think Axie is doing right. Like obviously they are taking their time, like, you know, developing this very like complex game world because all of these like mechanics, they all need to work together, right? So I think, you know, there is going to be some sort of like aspect where you will get like, you know, a landlord or, you know, some kind of like, you know, uh, owner or like some kind of like corporation within the world. And then I think, you know, they'll be able to then like maybe employ other players to then be able to like farm and like to be able to like utilize their land just so they can like, you know, make money from, you know, their they're all like in their vast holdings. So I think, you know, there's going to be like different ways to do this. And I think, you know, that's, what's so exciting as well, because we haven't really seen that before where people can purely just like plug in either work for someone, which doesn't probably require like any like upfront costs for themselves or they can, you know, start at the bottom and maybe buy like a Savannah plot and then just like, you know, work that plot to like, you know, to eventually work their way up to like a forest plot and then maybe to like, you know, an Arctic plot and then maybe it's like a mystic plot, you know? So I think we're going to get like a lot of like rags to riches type stories from Axie Infinity for the people who do grind and do put in those hours into the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, actually rags to riches is a good way of thinking about it, it's almost like a virtual American project, right? The the American project, the American dream. I guess here, we're going to see uh, virtual instances of that. So to close off, what are your hopes or fears for the future of NFTs? And perhaps
1: in the context of
0: these virtual worlds and the metaverse?
1: Well, You know, like I think what Bitcoin did to finance, I think NFTs are going to do for everything else. Um, So I I think we are going to see like this, like, you know, revolution uh, where basically everything is going to be tokenized because it's going to get to a point where if your product isn't tokenized, like you're no longer going to be competitive, right? Um, So I do see more artists, more influencers, celebrities, as much as we love or hate that, um, you know, coming on board because at the end of the day, like it gives them a way to further engage and like monetize from their audience. Um, so, you know, I think that trend is going to just get a a lot bigger over the coming months and even years. Um, And, you know, I think, you know, we will increasingly become more digital. I think we will see more and more people discover the metaverse. I think we will start seeing more events and projects and whatnot, you know, being like, you know, developed and, you know, people's like virtual identities growing. Um, And like, you know, people being able to actually, you know, able to like more like interact and like vr and and things like that i think you know where the metaverse is right now it's it's not quite there and so and that's the same with like you know play to earn as well i don't think they're quite there yet but i see that developing over the years and i see you know people being able to actually um you know actually be able to like live this kind of like you know this this promise or like this dream of like it's almost like, you know, the the first like pioneers in this like new digital world. Right. And like those first explorers, like, obviously they're going to put up with like, you know, bad tech or or whatnot. Like it is not going to be obviously like the complete polished final version, but those are going to be the people who probably profit from this the most, I think. And I think, you know, we're just going to increasingly, you know, go towards that as well. And I just like, yeah, everything's just going to become more digitized and yeah. Cool, Danny. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Jamie. Cheers.
0: So, hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, and review. We're going to be dropping two of these a week, so make sure you don't miss a beat. And also follow us on at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the NFT time capsule drop.